It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 293 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, March 13th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at LockedOnRaptors. You can find links to every single episode, uh, as well as links to stuff written for the website. Uh, Locked On Raptors, of course, is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke. And you can find those all together, of course, on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. And make sure you're checking out the NFL shows as well. The free agency is heating up. Uh, lots of crazy money being spent on... Uh, uh, quarterbacks and offensive linemen, I'm sure. I don't know. I haven't paid much attention to the uh, NFL free agency scene, but if you want to pay attention to it, make sure you're checking out the Locked On NFL shows. They're doing a great job of covering everything that's going on there, all the big signings, all the big stories from a local perspective, and the same goes for the NBA shows as well. Uh, if you find a show you like, make sure you find it on iTunes. Please uh, rate it, review it. It's the easiest way to help out the show and show that you care. You can do that with us. Find Locked On Raptors on iTunes. Seriously, guys, the ratings and reviews, they help very much. Stroke my ego. They help to uh, stroke the algorithm uh, into good things. I don't know. That's a really weird sentence. But, uh, yeah, make sure you're doing that. It takes no time at all. Just go to the iTunes page. Leave a couple nice words. Uh, it makes me feel good and uh, helps to make us more visible and more discoverable. And uh, shouts to anyone who's left ratings lately and shouts to all the new listeners. It feels like we've picked up a few lately because the Raptors are really damn good. And uh, people tend to want to listen to this kind of stuff when the Raptors are really good. So thanks so much. Also, make sure you check out the episode from uh, Sunday. It served as Monday's episode because I was tied up yesterday uh, with Cooper Smither from Raptors Republic. And if you're not following Cooper Smither on Twitter, make sure you are now at CoopNBA. He's uh, excellent. He's much smarter than I am. And uh, we had a good chat about his sort of entry into being able to diagnose Raptors sets so well, uh, how he sort of got into the blog game and taught himself all about X's and O's in the NBA. It's a, it's a, he's a really good guy. Excellent chat. And I hope you check that conversation from Sunday out uh, right after you listen to this, I suppose, if you haven't already. On today's show, I'm going solo for the first time in a very long time, uh, and I'm going to do a mailbag because, I don't know, been a while since I did one, and there was a bunch of questions that came in, and there's so many, I might have to split this up into two parts, Um, so we'll see how this goes over the course of the next little while here. I got 16 or so questions to get through, so very well could have to uh, take this into tomorrow, Um, but 
Uh, before I get to that, before I answer some questions, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today. And of course, that is my bookie. Hey guys, it's time to talk about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at my bookie. If you haven't checked them out, this is the perfect time to get into the action. The madness of March is here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come and join MyBookie today, and I would only recommend the service that's been good to me and our listeners, and that's why I urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay, fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can get a, uh, or place a bet after tip-off at halftime if you want to bet on a, on a result. Say a 16 seed is uh, beating a 1 seed, and you feel like, yeah, the 1 seed's probably going to win. Throw some money down on that at halftime uh, with the live betting on MyBookie. Join now, and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. You can even enter for a chance to win in their million-dollar bracket challenge right now. You just got to use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. And thanks to MyBookie for sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's get into this. Uh, lots of questions. So many questions. So I'll start diving in. It's been a while since I did a solo one, so excuse me if I... Uh get tongue-tied or lose my tra- train of thought a little bit. Usually I have someone to play off of to keep me uh, engaged. So uh, not, not that I'm not engaged in your questions, just uh, it's it's been a while since I did one of these. Either way, first question comes from our pal Vitek Poppy. When do you think the winning streak ends? So right now the Raptors are at eight straight wins, uh, which is apparently their third longest winning streak in franchise history. I think Josh Lewinberg tweeted that out yesterday, which is super weird because it's not that long. Uh, the Raptors have this thing where they go on these crazy streaks and they have you know one or two games uh, where they kind of get hiccuped and, and they, they lose and it's annoying. And so right now the Raptors would be on, I think, a 16-game winning streak if not for the close game against the Bucks that they lost in OT, uh, a game in which you know Jonas Valanciunas very well might have deserved a call for an and one on his game time dunk at the end. Uh, so I'm not picking it to end particularly soon. I think the Raptors are kind of in a groove right now, and uh, they've been really impressive in terms of how they played. So tonight they play the Brooklyn Nets. I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening. Um, I'm assuming the Raptors are going to beat the Nets. The Nets are terrible. Uh, Jaleel Okafor might actually start tonight because Jared Allen's not in the lineup. They're an awful team, just a brutally awful team. Uh, Shouts to anyone who thought they were making the playoffs at the the start of the season. They were not ever making the playoffs at the start of the season, and uh, I think it was kind of ridiculous to suggest they might just because the people who like Boston a lot wanted to see that pick be not so bad uh, or not so good for the Cavs. It's going to be very good for the Cavs, and uh, the Nets don't have a ton of talent, and yes, they're like plucky and fun, I guess, to watch for a bad team standard, but they're not lose- the Raptors aren't losing to the Nets tonight. They haven't lost to a bad team since Boxing Day against the Mavericks. Uh, speaking of the Mavericks, they're coming up on the schedule soon too. But yeah, I'm going to say the Raptors win against the Nets. The Pacers game on Thursday is probably the the next hiccup that you might expect. The Raptors tend to play kind of weirdly in Indiana. They lost there earlier this season. They had that weird game last season with the uh, P.J. Tucker, Lance Stevenson skirmish, and they lost that one after having a big lead. There have been a few games there where it's not gone particularly well. Obviously, the playoffs a couple years ago, there were a couple bad games there um, at the Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Is that what it is? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I still think the Raptors are going to win on Thursday. The Raptors are at this level right now where 
like they, they're just they're humming along and they can sort of go even with their starters and the bench is just going to blow teams away and the Pacers aren't a super deep team and beyond Victor Oladipo there's not like a guy that really scares you on that team right now uh Darren Collison's played pretty well obviously Miles Turner has hurt the Raptors in the past but I think the Raptors depth is really going to be a problem for the Pacers to deal with so I'm going to take the Raptors to win that game they play the Mavericks on Friday they're beating the Mavericks on Friday and then Sunday against the Thunder that's the one that maybe you could look at this would actually set the Raptors franchise has record for win streak if they win it against the Thunder on Sunday. Um, that is, uh, I mean, after that, the schedule really lightens up. So if they don't lose then, they have the Magic on Tuesday, uh, the 20th, then the Cavs on the second night of a back-to-back. That's probably the other one uh, in Cleveland, second night of a back-to-back with the first first night being in Orlando. That's a long flight. Um, so actually, I'm going to say they beat the Thunder on Sunday, 1 o'clock start. Uh, the Toronto flu is very real for teams that are in town overnight. I think the Thunder will be here before the Raptors are, or sorry, they'll be here for Saturday night, sorry. Um, the Raptors are obviously in town on Friday night. But no, I think they'll beat the Thunder. The Thunder are kind of wonky since Andre Roberson went down. Without Roberson, they don't have their obvious guy to guard DeMar DeRozan. And I, I just, they're, they're not a deep team either. They suffer from the same issues. Their, their bench is not particularly strong. And uh, the Raptors just have waves of death to throw at you. And I think they're going to win that game after getting thoroughly pummeled by them in the last time they played. Really like one of two games this season where the Raptors didn't really have a prayer. Uh, and just so impressive that we're 67 games into the season now. And the Raptors have had two games where they've gotten blown out. Uh, that's hard to do. But uh, I'll say they beat the Thunder. They play the Magic on Tuesday. They're going to beat the Magic. I'll say they lose to the Cavaliers uh, on next Wednesday. The Cavs, I'm, I'm sure, will get up for that game. Second night of the back-to-back, as I mentioned, for the Raptors. Unless they just rest everyone against the Magic the night before and just roll out a starting five featuring Nigel Hayes and Malcolm Miller, um, I'm expecting the Raptors to probably lose that one. And, uh, yeah, so I'll take the Raptors going on a 13-game winning streak, I guess it will be, and losing a game 14. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Uh, Next question here from uh, James Gleason. Speaking of Malcolm Miller, how do you see Malcolm Miller fitting in the future? This is an interesting one because he's a two-way guy, and it's his future with the team is anything but certain. I Before the Nigel Hayes signing, I thought Malcolm Miller would probably get converted by the end of the season, and he still very well could. Uh, I think they'll probably get a look at Nigel Hayes. Maybe Hayes with his size at six foot eight 
Uh, maybe he kind of fits what they need a little bit more from just a super depth piece that's not really going to play much, but just in case, you might want that size a little bit more than Malcolm Miller. Uh, Hayes has been a really good rebounder at the G League level this season. I think about six or seven rebounds a game. Um, and, and so like I like Malcolm Miller a lot. I thought he's looked pretty good. He had that seven-point stretch against Houston, which was excellent. Uh, and really kind of you know helped ju- give a jolt to that second unit that started off that quarter, I think, a little iffy offensively and then really sort of found its groove as the quarter went along. Um, and so, yeah, I think Malcolm Miller could potentially be converted into an NBA-level contract. I'm not sure if it goes beyond this season for his two-way. Um, I don't really know how the two-ways work all that well. Sorry about that. Um, you'd have to ask our, our friend Vivek Jacob, perhaps, uh, next time he's on. But uh, I, I think it's hard to really say that he's going to be like a long-term piece in the rotation or anything like that because the Raptors are so damn deep with guys they have control over for the next few seasons that it's going to be hard for any new guys to sort of wiggle into that space. I think that's why the Raptors were okay, you know, trading first round picks to make the Serge Ibaka deal and then to get rid of Damari Carroll's contract. It's just because there's not that many spaces opening up in the future, uh, especially along the wings where you have OG Ananobi coming up and you have DeLon Wright who slid down and played a lot of the wing this season. Um, I just and Pascal Siakam playing the three and f- or the four and some of the three a little bit, guarding the three somewhat, uh, and sort of improving as a playmaker. Maybe he can play the three a little bit down the road uh, if he starts to make some more shots. So I just don't see a lot of room there for guys to squeak in and sort of eke out a role in the rotation. We're already seeing seeing Norman Powell kind of squeezed out. So Matt Miller might be one of these guys who's just kind of a rotation guy, uh, or sorry, end of bench guy who eventually kind of gets cycled out for a new guy next season. Whether it's new two way guys, I'm sure Miller based on his play in the in the G League this season where he's been very good and his little spurt so far in the NBA this year, he's probably going to get a contract from somebody, um, whether it's another two-way, whether it's somewhere in Europe where he gets paid big money to go back to Europe uh, where he was last year. I don't know, but I, I don't really see Malcolm Miller being a long-term Raptor, but at the same time, the Raptors are pretty dedicated to developing their own guys and sort of paying their own guys to keep them in-house, um, so maybe they will give Matt Miller a couple years on a, on, a, on a small deal after this season to sort of keep him around and have him just be part of the program going forward. The other thing with Miller is he's only 25, or he is 25, so he's not like he's super young and moldable at this point. He kind of is what he is, probably. Uh, and if he's a good 3 and D guy, like that's a very valuable player to have. Um, but I just think the Raptors are so rich with young players at this point that Miller's probably on the outside looking in in terms of guys who are going to be here for the long haul. But you never know, because Masai does value his young guys very, very highly. Next question here uh, from Josh at Sergio Dip. Might be too late for this, but how fun is this season? Even just watching the Knicks game was a ton of fun because they play exciting basketball. And that's very, very accurate. The Raptors have been a blast to watch this season. The bench has been just such a... Even when the starters kind of let you down and Serge Ibaka you know, wants to get in fights and gets kicked out of games and uh, Norm Powell struggles a little bit when he's in for the starters or whatever. Um, you know, I think the, the season overall... And I talked about this at the start of the year. I wrote a column about this at the start of the year. Just like this was always going to be a fun season because you have young guys doing things you haven't seen than do before. You don't really know the upside of any of these guys. So anytime someone flashes a new skill, it's exciting and fun and, and sort of breathes some fresh air into the roster, into the team, into the experience of watching the team, you know, as opposed to in the past, like, oh, we know what exactly what Patrick Patterson is and his flaws are very apparent and there's nothing to be changed about them because he's 27 or 28 and this is just kind of what he is. With these young guys, there's just all these new layers they add, every DeLon Wright Euro step or every Pascal Siakam play in, in transition or any pass to Jakob Pertl, it's all just like little glimpses as to what could potentially be 
part of their repertoires going forward, and that's really fun to watch. Um, and I think just like the lack of expectation coming into the year and seeing how damn good this team has been, I think that just leads to having it be a more exciting and fun experience, right? Like, if the Raptors were expected to win 60 games coming into the year, we'd be, I think, less taking less grateful for what this is maybe more taking it for granted where uh you know this was supposed to be by all accounts between a 45 and 52 ish win team and they're gonna break that by the end of next week probably and that's exciting and fun and it just blows the expectations out of the water and you know the same sort of thing happened in 2013-14 where that was supposed to be a team that was gonna tank and be awful for a long time and instead they got good and sort of spiraled into you know, this really exciting and sort of refreshing team for fans to, to root for. And that was the most fun season of this run, probably up until they went to the conference finals. But even that, I could still argue that maybe the 2013-14 season was a bit more enjoyable from a fan perspective because of the expectations that were there in 2015-16 and kind of the weight that felt like it was on that season in terms of Dwayne Casey's job and DeMar DeRozan being a free agent and things like that. Um, this season, it's a lot like 2013-14 in that everything's locked up for the future. You don't have to really worry about guys leaving. Everyone's, you know, entrenched in their contracts aside from a guy like Fred Van Vliet. And, you know, all these little emergencies, emergencies from guys like Fred Van Vliet. He's probably like the poster boy for this coming from being an undrafted guy and just becoming so awesome to watch. And, you know, one of the league leaders in net rating he's like 0.2 points per 100 possessions behind Steph Curry for tops in the NBA. Um, it's uh, it's all it's just been the most fun season I can remember, probably even more than 2013-14 at this point, just because of the success and sort of the ability to look at this team, look at the data, look at how much better they are than everyone else in the East and say like, yes, this can legitimately be a team that makes the NBA Finals. And that was obviously not the case four or five seasons ago. But it's very, very much the case now, and it's uh, it's really awesome to root for and, and to sort of watch it all unfold. Um, so yeah, scale of 1 to 10, 1 to this season, this season has been like a 12 and a half out of 10 on the fun scale. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Next question here from Eric Morris at Epic Moppus. Uh, What's DeLon's future look like with the emergence of Fred Van Vliet? This one is, uh, the Fred and, so here's the thing, as I think the Raptors would like to keep both of them around. We've seen how successful the keeping DeLon and Fred sort of mixed into the rotation has been in terms of limiting Kyle Lowry's minutes, and that obviously, I think, for the next couple of seasons is going to be the priority, because we've seen how, you know, energized Kyle Lowry looks. Like, this past week, I think, has been a good example of why you wanted to keep Kyle Lowry's minutes down, because when you really needed him in that game against the Pistons last week, where he went for 15 and 15, uh, and in that game against the Rockets on Friday where he dropped 30 like that's what you're saving him for in the regular season context but obviously in the playoffs that's where you're going to get hopefully on a night-to-night basis from him but just the fact that he's not killing himself to put in games like that every single night is going to be so good for the future so I think having DeLon and Fred 
both on the team and working worked into the point guard rotation and Delon playing the wing a little bit. I think that's something the Raptors would like to keep together. Delon is uh, up for an extension this summer. I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do with him. I, I'm not sure how contingent it is on what to do with Fred. They might just want to keep Fred around just because you keep your own talent and you don't want to let guys walk. Um, and people seem to be thinking Fred's going to get like a crazy contract in restricted free agency this summer. I don't really see it because there's not that many teams that have any cap space, period. And, you know, I just don't see a team out there being like, okay, let's spend $10 million a year on a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who, as as Raptors fans know, is excellent and does so many good things for your team and has been a, a wonderful story and is a super likable and affable guy. I just don't see a team out there that's going to say, all right, let's invest $40 million in a backup point guard because that's probably what Fred is. Like, he's one of the elite backup point guards at his peak, right? So I don't really see a team going out of their way to sort of, you know, just break the bank for him. And restricted free agency is always quieter than you think it's going to be anyway. Uh, teams don't really sign offer sheets to anybody. Like, I don't think there was a single one signed last year. The years before, it was the Nets trying to sort of lure town and the Nets, you know, the Nets could potentially be a team there, but they also have Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo Russell on the roster. So I'm not sure they're in the market for a point guard that takes one suitor out. Maybe the Suns, because they don't have any point guards after having all of the point guards a couple years ago. Uh, they could be a potential sort of threat, but I think the Suns have bigger designs and trying to get stars to go there. So I just, uh, I, I think Fred's going to be back. And DeLon, I think, you know, he, he there's not a ton of like tape on him right now, right? He's in his third season. He's been injured a little bit this season, was injured a lot of his uh, second season last year. Um, so really, he's got like a season and a half under his belt of regular rotation minutes, uh, maybe a bit less than that if you look at the number of games played. And I still think everything he's shown is like, yeah, we should like the Raptors should definitely be down to keep this guy long term and sign him to another contract, use their their rights, you know, in the CBA to keep him around because they have control of him past his rookie deal uh, if they want it. But I, I'm I'm wondering if Delon might end up being a casualty of this, or maybe he doesn't get uh, a contract this summer, maybe he doesn't get an extension, and maybe he, he sort of tests the restricted free agency waters after his next season. Um, maybe a qualifying offer comes in there. I don't know. Um, but if you said if I was to sort of guess which of these two, DeLon and Fred, is the most likely to not be on the team, say, three years from now, I might say DeLon, just because I think Fred will get paid this summer. The Raptors will go into the tax to keep him. This team has always been designed to pay the tax in 2018-19 and then 2019-20 uh, when Kyle and Serge's contracts expire. To avoid it this season was huge because you avoid repeater, uh, avoid repeater penalties until 2020-21 um, if you pay it the next two seasons. So um, I think they're going into the tax I think they, they've proven this season with their net rating and just the record and just how successful they've been and the promise of these guys all getting better in an ideal world in a, a season from now. I think they're going to go into the tax to keep Fred. If they don't give DeLon an extension this summer, I could see that sort of playing out as a year-by-year thing until eventually he maybe does like the Greg Monroe thing but perhaps and sort of goes somewhere else. And you got to keep in mind, too, DeLon's already 25. Um, so there might not be a ton more development there. But that said, he's missed a year and a half of development time in the last couple of seasons with injuries. So um, fascinated to see exactly how this is all going to play out. But I, I, I think both of them will be on the team next season at the very least. Um, beyond that, it's a little bit more murky. But I would say Fred's probably more locked into being on the team just because of the contract situation and just sort of how these guys are going to just the order in which they're coming up. Right. Um, and maybe the shooting for Fred is a little bit more, you know, sexy to have on the roster. I don't know, but I, I'm pretty confident they'll both be back next season and probably a year beyond that as well, at the very least. All right, next question here from those guys at those guys underscore TG. Who is the most important Raptors bench player come playoff time? 
This is, uh, it's so hard, right? Because you wanted to say it's like the five-man bench unit, probably. Because um, I, I think we're going to see that unit deployed as a weapon in the playoffs, not just a thing where they're trying to coast to try to get minutes uh, for Kyle and DeMar on the bench and try to survive those minutes like we've seen so far this year. This is the number one lineup, as Zach Lowe detailed in his great piece today on ESPN, by the way. Um, this is the number one lineup in the entire NBA of 114 lineups to have played 100 or more minutes. This is the number one lineup in, in net rating. So I I think the, the data suggests that over the course of the season, like you can't not use that in the playoffs. You owe it to yourself to use the full unit in the playoffs. And I don't think we're going to see like one bench guy become more important than the others. If I had to sort of narrow it down to one guy, probably Jakob Pertl. If, if that might be weird to say, but I still maybe I'm not totally bought in on JV's ability to defend come playoff time in terms of like I, I think he's going to be a guy that teams sort of target because he will be the easiest guy to target on on the Raptors defense right they'll, they'll try to you know as Zach again pointed out in his piece today they're going to try to target the DeRozan JV pick and roll defense combo and you know if JV can play like he did against the Rockets on Friday the Raptors are going to be totally fine in that configuration and his shooting is kind of added a little bit more airspace into the into the offense and it's and it's working really well with JV right now um, I want to see it when he becomes the focal point of an offensive attack and and says and, and an opposing team says all right we're just going to go with this dude and see how how real is this defense that he's showing because he has been really excellent the last little while in terms of his verticality in terms of his positioning his able to, his ability to shift and not get caught out and, and sort of uh, sort of just manage the area around the rim. He's being asked to hang back a lot more, and that's you know done a lot for his uh, utility as a defensive player. He's not useful when he's up scrambling to the perimeter and having to you know track back and find rollers, and uh, you know that's not where he's effective. But they haven't asked him to do that this season, so I think that's been a big part of his success. But uh, I do want to see over the course of a full series if a team really takes it at him, if he's going to be able to hold up to that, and if not. Jakob Pertl is going to have to come in and be the excellent, maybe the best rim protector in the league since the new year uh, player that he's been so far you know, this year and, and in recent weeks. He's been just so fantastic in his just his team defense, his intelligence, his his rotations. Like He's just such a damn good defender. Um, I think Cooper Smither today was tweeting numbers about him and his his you know defensive field goal percentage of the rim is like second in the league since the All-Star break. He's been fantastic. So... I think Jakob Pertl will be kind of an important dude if they if they get to the point where, yeah, Jonas is untenable as a defensive player against whatever team it is. Maybe it's a team like, uh, as Zach mentioned in his piece, the Cavs, where they have Kevin Love out there and they play him at center. Maybe it's a team like, I don't know, uh, the Bucks if they play Giannis at center, if they play... Uh, the East is not very good. <laughs> I'm like... I'm looking up and down these like these rosters and the sort of matchups. Like at least at center, the Raptors are looking pretty good in terms of in terms of Jonas. So maybe it's not Jonas. Maybe it's a guy like uh, you know CJ Miles' shooting is going to be huge. I think CJ is probably going to factor into closing lineups just because of his shooting. Um, he's going to have to play for OG if OG becomes like a Tony Allen light um, in terms of just his utility offensively in the playoffs. And teams are going to leave OG. I think they can't leave CJ Miles. He just is such a dangerous threat out there to launch anytime the ball touches his hands. That I think. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll change my mind. It's not Pirtle, but it'll actually be C.J. Miles, who I think will factor in. You know, he's playing, what, 21, 22 minutes a game this season, if that. I think it's going to hike up in the playoffs just because he's going to have to fit into those closing lineups and there's going to be a need for shooting. His defense will be important. Um, obviously, he's not the best defender in the world, but uh, if he can just be passable, it'll make him all the much more dangerous to have on the court. And, uh, yeah, so if, I think it could be C.J. Miles, actually, and not Jakob Pirtle. 
All right, and one last one. I think I'm going to have to put the rest of the mailbag tomorrow because, uh, damn, you guys asked a lot of really good questions that I felt okay going deep on. So one more, and then I'll finish up the mailbag tomorrow. Maybe I'll ask for a couple extra questions to beef that one up. But uh, next one from Ruskin Howard, at Ruskin Lee Howard. With JV's evolution this season, do you I'll say that again. With JV's evolution this season, do you see him now as a more definitive piece of the Raps' future, or is he still on the block because of his new skill set and affordable contract? This is fascinating because the Raptors are going to be very expensive this summer, and Jonas Valanciunas has always been and remains the most tradable contract in terms of number dollar value. Um, you know, in terms of you know freeing space up, in terms of you know potentially a team being interested in him on the roster. Uh, uh, he's he, he's obviously moved far closer to being worth his contract this season. 17 million is still a lot for a big man, and I'd say you know if you're trying to guess what JV would go for on an annual basis in this market, I'd say probably between like 15 or 12 and 15, something like that. So he's pretty close to fulfilling that value on the contract, and you know he's by far I think of all those big men that signed the the same 17 year 17 million a year for four years deal. I think he is still he's pretty obviously the most valuable of those guys and the easiest to sell a team on um, if they're looking at him as a potential piece to add I don't really see a trade you know from the same from the same issue is going to happen as last year where there's just not that many teams that need centers um, and every trade that you've seen involving a center has usually involved a crappier center going back the other way um, so I just don't see there being a ton of market for for centers maybe JV's moved to the point where a team's willing to give up on their current center in order to bring one in maybe the magic for example are, are sick of Nick Vucevic and Jeff Weltman's ties to JV maybe they're they want to bring in JV although JV was never uh, this good under Jeff Weltman when he was here so so I, I don't know if, how, if that's the case at all. That's just me doing rampant speculation. That's not me reporting anything. So please don't uh, assume that. Um, but yeah, I think the, the the might still look to trade him this summer just because of the, the the freedom he would provide by getting that money off the books. Although it's only two more years after this one now, uh, so it's not like it's an onerous contract by any means. And if you're gonna go all in next season and you're gonna pay the tax, you might as well just keep him on board if he's gonna be this good and do this for you. Um, you know, you know, maybe they see Yakupertle as a guy who. Can start next season. That's you know very much a possibility. But JV now has something that Yaka Pirtle doesn't, and that is freaking range, man. He's he's just bombing threes, uh, like not at a crazy rate or anything. But he's at about one a game this season, which is awesome. And you know I think that if you go since the All Star break, he's at about probably two a game, or at least since the New Year, he's probably at about two a game. So uh, no, I I think they'll look to trade him. They'll they'll keep it on their on their on their like uh, on their I guess their on their radar, I suppose, and sort of keep that simmering. And if an offer comes out from somewhere, somewhere where a team is willing to give up something to get him, I think that's what's going to happen. They're not going to be able to just dump him on a team. But if a team out there really covets JV and sees what he's done this season and says, hey, maybe we can try to get this guy from a team rich with good players and big men, maybe we can try to lure JV and sort of give the Raptors an offer they can't refuse. And if that happens, obviously, I think that, that, that'll mean JV's time with the Raptors is going to end. But um, I don't think the Raptors are going to actively seek to offload him or trade him this summer just because he's been so good and so valuable and proven that he can be part of a team and part of the solution with the team. He's been part of the, the turnaround in terms of the culture reset and all that stuff. Um, so I don't see him being like an active guy that's being shopped like he was, say, last year at the draft uh, when Michael G Michael Grange reported that the Raptors were actively looking to trade him for a, for a first-round pick or something like that. So, um, no, I, I, I would guess he's probably sticking around, and I think that's a good thing. And honestly, for me to say that, 
is a big change from my uh, my attitude a year ago or even six months ago before Jonas made all these changes. So uh, happy to be wrong on this one because JV has been excellent. He's really turned things around. Um, although the conversation about JV, I think, is already getting annoying because the people who are always, you know, ardent supporters of JV, I don't think are recognizing that maybe the changes that happened this season, like people can be wrong and maybe they, they saw like, oh, this guy can, this guy has the abilities to make these changes. But I don't think it was obvious that JV was capable of this before this season when he started to do it. Um, I don't think there weren't signs from his passing or anything like that that said, all right, this guy can be, you know, an intelligent playmaker. There weren't signs that he was going, going to be a good defensive player ever because different schemes for the last few seasons, he struggled in all of them. So the fact that he's made these changes is excellent. I don't think that changes the fact that he was a flawed player before, um, but I'm willing to eat, you know, eat the crow now and say, yeah, like JV is awesome and he's been excellent and he's been a, a crucial part to the team. You could argue he's been the third best player on the team this season even. Um, you know, you could argue he's outplayed Serge Ibaka. I, that's a, a t- an interesting question on its own. But um, no, I, I think the way he's played this season, he's kind of, you know, forced the Raptors to look at him more as a future piece as opposed to a hindrance to their cap sheet, which is ultimately, I think, a pretty good thing. All right, uh, I'm out of breath. That was a long mailbag, and uh, there's much more where that came from coming tomorrow. So stay tuned. I'll I'll answer the rest of these mailbag questions. Maybe I'll work in a couple more around the Nets game. But uh, until then, please subscribe, rate, review the podcast on iTunes. It's the easiest way to help out the show. Uh, It's a uh, very kind thing of you to do, and I appreciate it very much. And it takes no time, and it's free. And uh, this podcast is free. So just consider that you paying for the podcast uh, when you put down a a review on iTunes. Make sure you check out all last week's episodes, all the recent episodes. The, the episode with Glenn Grunwald is still fresh if you want to check that one out. Um, it's, it was a really good chat from a couple weeks ago. I guess it was 11 days eleven days or so ago now, but it was all it's all still fresh because it was all about old stuff. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one just yet, um, it was from March 2nd if you want to go back in the archives. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. So uh, follow me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Read the thing I wrote about the, the Raptors win over the Rockets on Friday if you'd like. Uh, Raptors HQ. A lot of people touched on this, but I, I kind of went in on how the Raptors defended uh, the Rockets and the, the big men, Jakob Pertl and Jonas Valanciunas, being so damn excellent that it helped the Raptors succeed in that strategy. And uh, so, yeah, go check that out, Raptors HQ, if you haven't already. And uh, thank you so much to everyone who sent in questions. Uh, thanks to everyone. If I didn't get to your question, I'll get to it tomorrow, no problem. And uh, everyone, have a great night. Enjoy the game against the Nets. And we will talk to you on Wednesday with another mailbag edition of Lockdown Raptors. Cheers. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.